Welcome to the Pursuing Life Podcast. I'm your host, Monica Kirsch. Every week, I'll be sitting down with people from the Calvary Church family to hear stories of what God is doing in, around, and through them as they take intentional steps to pursue life in Jesus Christ. We believe that storytelling is powerful. God has made himself known to us through the stories of the Bible. Jesus told parables or small stories to teach kingdom lessons to his followers. And God continues to write stories of his goodness and faithfulness through the lives and experiences of his church, ordinary people just like you and me. Throughout the year, we come together as a church for what we call Global Focus, which is a time for us to intentionally come together to reflect on our value of going into God's world. As we take time together to shift our focus to God's work around us, we'll be joined on Pursuing Life by a few of our global partners who are actively extending the gospel to others right here and around the globe. Today, we're hearing from three of our cross-training candidates, Malia, Hadassah, and Allison. Each of them has a unique story about how God has bent their hearts towards the nations, but they also have a unique story about how he brought them together in their pursuit of overseas work through prayer. All three of these ladies are actively involved in Calvary's young adult ministry and have had a front row seat to the ways that God is at work in this community. Together, they're leaning into what it means to living sent right now as they seek to one day be sent to the nations. Well, Malia, Hadassah, and Allison, welcome to Pursuing Life. Thank you so much for being here. Yay. Yeah, thanks for having us. <laughs> so there's, we've got a full house today. So can you introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about who you are? Um, well, my name is Malia. I work at a film production company downtown in Lancaster, and I've been coming to Calvary for almost two years now. Okay. I'm Hadassah, and I work doing landscaping. I also do a little bit of photography and graphic design on the side, and I have been coming to Calvary for about a year and a half now. And I'm Allison. I work at LGH, uh, Lancaster General Hospital in the city. And I've actually been here at Calvary for a while. I started coming with my family uh, when I was in fourth grade. So I think that was like ballpark of like 13 years ago. You're so. the veteran here. I know. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. We're babies compared to you. <laughs> That's okay. We're all on a journey, right? Um, okay. So can you each tell me when and why you made the decision to enter the cross-training program. So that's what each of you have in common. You're all in mm-hmm. cross-training and you have the goal to eventually be in cross-cultural missions. So when did that start for each of you? Yeah, well, it's it's, it's totally wrapped up as well into also like how we met. And, okay, and perfect. So, so I feel like, Allison, you have to, you should start us off. Yeah, so I can kind of like start our like story. Since and she is the veteran here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I mentioned, I've been at Calvary for a while, started attending with my family, and then actually decided to stay local to go to school. And then when I graduated in 2020 from college, uh, got a job local as well. Um, so through that time, staying connected at Calvary, and specifically, most recently, in the young adult ministry. Mm-hmm. And so... If we kind of are are thinking back the timeline uh, back to like 2021, I was pretty well invested in the young adult community uh, here at Calvary in the young adult 
ABF Converge, as well as starting to kind of explore what my role is in global ministries and what the Lord might be leading me to. Uh, so the Lord actually used Megan Landis in cool and big ways um, in my life during that time. And she kind of told me more about cross training. I like knew it existed from like growing up at Calvary, but didn't really know a lot about it, but kind of felt led to start exploring and pursuing going. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of thought, okay, cross training might be a part of that. And so she was really influential in that and in telling me about the program as I was like prayerfully considering uh, joining during that year of 21. And then August of 21, I don't know if most people know, but that was when the Taliban took over in Afghanistan. And so during that time, me and just a couple other young adult women felt led that we need to be covering um, Afghanistan in prayer. Mm -hmm. So we actually decided to start gathering to pray. And a lot of us were coming to C4, which is a young adult gathering that's here at Calvary on Tuesday nights. So we decided to start praying on Tuesday nights. Uh, So the first night we gathered We were praying over Afghanistan at the picnic table outside of CSM Cafe, and there was just about four of us. And that prayer group has actually continued, and it's grown. Mm -hmm. So since August of 21, that prayer group has met every single week. And now we're praying for more than just Afghanistan. We're praying for all the things that the Lord is doing around the world, praying for global partners, praying for local ministries, praying over all sorts of things. But yeah, that just felt like just the next step of obedience of as we were hearing about what was going on in the world to begin to cover it in prayer. And it's been really cool to see how the Lord has grown that that prayer group to what it is today. And even as we were considering like, okay, how did we all meet? How did we all join cross training? We were realizing, and I hope everyone listening hears this, like the through line of how prayer was the reason why we all took that next step mm-hmm. towards the Lord, towards global mm. um, ministry, but also towards one another. And which was really cool because the prayer group was actually how I really got connected with Calvary. I actually had graduated from Messiah University in 2021 and had left and gone for a, th- a couple months stint overseas in the Middle East. And coming back from that, it had just radically changed my my life. I kind of knew, okay, I, I want to come back here at some point, but I knew I needed to have a sending church and I needed mm-hmm. to have a community. And growing up, I didn't really ever have uh, a healthy church that I was a part of. My dad was a restorative pastor, so he, mm-hmm. we would go to dying churches and then leave when they were healthy. <laughs> so yeah. I, I had never really been a part of something like like Calvary. So I was very skeptical of big churches, but I knew I needed a, a program like cross training, which equips and prepares you to go and be sent and would support you when you were overseas. And so despite all my skepticism, I had found out about cross training and that it was connected to Calvary. And I came on a Sunday to just check it out, got connected to Converge. And meanwhile, all this time, the actually the Taliban takeover had really impacted me as well. While I was at Messiah, I had gotten really cl- close with an Afghan family. Um, really? Just randomly, I met them at Salvation Army and like we became best friends. Wow. And I like they threw me birthday parties. I would go to all of their things, like, you know, every wedding and all of the stuff. So to see them walking through that was really, really hard. And I was like, just shocked. I was like, why aren't we praying for this? Like, you know, I'll check out these different local churches or whatever. And I, and very few people were, were praying and that really impacted me. So I was of course on my high horse coming to Calvary. I was like, okay, you're a mega, mega church. Who, why do you care about Afghanistan? And one of the first people I met was Allison. And (laughs) without even knowing, uh, she said, Hey, you know what you should, cause she heard I had just come from the Middle East and she said, 
you should come to this prayer group on Tuesdays. <laughs> uh, we're praying for Afghanistan. And I was like, no way. And yeah. it was, it was like such a connective moment where I was like, oh, the Lord saw my heart and wanting to pray for them. He saw my need for ascending church and he wanted to encourage me towards the next step just through prayer and yeah. through that community. So I came, there was probably like four, I came on the second week. They had just started the group. So I, I literally, the, the week I showed up, it was only the second mm-hmm. week ah. and I came and there were like four of us, I yeah. think, outside. And now there's like, you know, 25 people come to this group sometimes. Wow. Um, so I show up and it was just so beautiful. And I kept coming back because of that. And then lo and behold, learned about more about cross training. Yeah. Was super serious about it because that was the whole reason I came to Calvary. And then through people, amazing people like Megan Landis. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was just such an easy choice after that. Yeah. I remember that fall, me and you were having a conversation, and it was kind of a moment of like, I was planning on joining cross training, and it was kind of a a moment of like, wait, you're planning on joining cross training? Wait, I'm planning on (laughs) joining cross training. Like, wait, should we do this? do this together yeah, like yeah. and that was really cool just to see how the lord brought both of our paths mm-hmm. like together in that moment solidified through prayer like we kept coming back because of prayer but then the prayer kept pushing us forward in that and then the young adult group so actually that's funny because i came to this group not for c4 at all i didn't even know what it was okay um so i came to this group of four people you know girls just praying together <laughs> for <laughs> afghanistan and then they were like, hey, you know what? There's a, there's a young adult group that meets after this. Do you want to come? And I'm thinking, okay, it's similar to Converge. It's probably going to be like 30 people or whatever. I show up and there's like 400 people. <laughs> like, okay, this is bigger. This is bigger. Um, but through that, I heard about CrossCon. Uh, that was a conference for young adults interested in the world and uh, God's heart for the nations. And so I heard about that. And then I think, honestly, CrossCon that happened in the beginning of January of that year, of of the next year, I guess, was a really solidifying time community-wise. It was like, okay, I have to make, because CrossCon talked a lot about you need to be involved in your church. If you want to go, you need to learn how to stay well. And Mm. you need to know what it means to be a part of a church, be the church if you want to ever plant a church, which is good advice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One that I needed. And so CrossCon had a lot of people, and this is actually where Hadassah comes in because CrossCon included Hadassah's younger sister okay. who had started and learned about CrossCon through coming to the prayer group, the Tuesday night prayer group. Uh, and then what happened then? We went to CrossCon and then Emma. Yeah, yeah, so I didn't actually go to CrossCon, but my younger sister Emma went to CrossCon I'm actually a missionary kid, so missions has kind of always been a pretty big part of my life. Um, But there were definitely times in my life when I was interested in missions and then times in my life when I was kind of just turned off to it because of just certain things that had happened in my childhood as a missionary kid. But yeah, in this time period that they're talking about, I was actually in Portugal in the fall. I guess it would would have been the fall of 2021. Um, So I had gone to Word of Life Bible Institute in Florida, and I had taken a year off from getting my degree in graphic design in order to do that. And then I was planning on going to Portugal for two years to do this um, cross-cultural internship that was two years long. And yeah, so I I was starting to feel the call to going overseas and to doing some sort of ministry work. Um, And so this internship kind of seemed like an easy, like it was only two years. I wasn't committing the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. I was going to get to use graphic design. And I mean, it was in Portugal. Portugal is is a beautiful country. Mm -hmm. So 
yeah, I was planning on doing that. Um, I, I hadn't been able to get my visa to go. And so I, I had just gone over for three months on a tourist visa, um, hoping that I would get my, my long-term visa and be able to stay. So yeah, at the end of those three months, I came back to Lancaster, which that would have been in December. And I was not planning on being in Lancaster for very long. I was, I was planning, <laughs> I was planning on being here as like as short as the time mm-hmm. as possible. I was like, I don't want to be here. I don't, mm-hmm. I didn't have any community in Lancaster. And I just had always kind of, I just hadn't really liked Lancaster. Um, mm-hmm. The past experiences that I had had living here were just not the most amazing experiences. So uh, my sister was going to this, this prayer group and um, and C4 and stuff. And she was like, you should come with me. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll go with you. Like, you know, maybe I'll find a, a little bit of a community while I'm here for this very short time. <laughs> you're very resistant to it. You're like, maybe. maybe. <laughs> I had come to C4 in the past, but okay. it was like, it was such a huge group so and I didn't know anybody. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, I never really liked it that much in the past, but I was like, okay, I'll give it another try. I'm going to go with, with my sister. So it'll be fun. So yeah, I went to the prayer group with her and then I met Malia and Allison there. Yeah. And... Allison and I actually reconnected because we actually had known each other in the past. Okay. Because we went to homeschool co-op together. <laughs> oh, yes. Back in the good old days. Yes. Um, so, yeah, we reconnected and we were like, oh, I know you. And she's like, I know you. And we are like, oh, wow, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we kind of reconnected. And then um, Allison was a really big part, actually, in, in welcoming me into Calvary. I started coming to Converge and to the Sunday service. And it was, a, I mean, it's, it's a big church. And even Converge is, is a big group. But Allison was very, played a really big part in welcoming me into that group and helping me to feel like I was part of it. Yeah. And then through obviously through meeting them and through being in the prayer group, I heard about cross training and it seemed, yeah, it seemed like a a really great next step for someone who was interested in doing long-term work overseas. Mm -hmm. And at that point I was starting to feel like, I think God is calling me to do long-term work, not just a two-year internship in Portugal. Mm -hmm. And so I really started praying a lot about it. And then I remember it was one of the first one of the first times um, that I hung out with Malia, she I don't know what we were, we were talking about something. And, and I just remember her saying um, one of the reasons that she had decided to do cross training, which kind of she was talking about before, was because God told her, you know, if you can't stay in America in like this really easy place for like a year or like even less than a year, then what makes you think you're, you're going to be able to stay in a really hard country mm-hmm. for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dang. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm convicted by my own words in the past. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, wow, that's, yeah, that is, that's true. So I, I did not want to stay in Lancaster. I was like, I had never wanted to stay. I always just wanted to go somewhere else. And I was like, wow, if I can't stay here in Lancaster, it's like such an easy place to live. Like I have my family, I have friends here. And so I really started praying about about doing cross training. And yeah, the Lord just opened up the doors for me to do cross training. And I kind of had decided that I was going to stay in Lancaster and do cross training, which was kind of crazy for me to decide to stay in Lancaster. Um, but the Lord really changed my heart towards Lancaster. And then I actually got my visa to go to Portugal. Oh, my word. <laughs> and I was wow. like, really, Lord? Yeah. But I still decided to stay in Lancaster and commit to doing cross training. So Wow. There are so many things about this story that are incredible to me. Mm. I I mean, one, just the way that this all started because Allison, you had this burden for Afghanistan. Yeah. And me and some other ladies. I should I can't I can't take all the credit. (laughs) There are some other people in there as well. But yes. Sure, sure, (laughs) yes. And and also the full circle that like there are so many 
Afghan refugees here in Lancaster now and the work that's happening with the Haven Mm -hmm. and all of those things. I mean, I like that is a really cool like full circle connection. That's one of those like, okay, God, only you could do this. There's nothing in our power that we could have orchestrated this. The other thing that I think is amazing. And I I talked to Megan Landis last year about her story with missions and just the way that, I mean, she didn't expect to be here in Lancaster either, much Mm -hmm. like you had asked. So like God is doing such a work through her, Mm -hmm. even though like this is not where she expected to be. Mm -hmm. And what grace that he has been able to work through her in C4 Mm -hmm. to impact so many other lives, including yours. If we could really hype up Megan while she's not here. (laughs) Because I know she would be like squirming in the corner. Um, (laughs) Is is that we are a product of that. Yeah, for sure. And we are only... And I hope this is this comes across. We are only a small re- representation of that product. Yeah. Yeah. There are so many young adults who gather over and over again to pray before C4, but also even in Converge and throughout C4, yeah. like there is a growing, beautiful mm-hmm. community of globally minded young adults because of her and, yeah. and because of her willingness to stay uh, when it was hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Amen. Amen. And I'm, I think I'm going to link back to her episode in the show notes too. So people can go back and listen to her Mm -hmm. story in Mm -hmm. connection with yours so Mm -hmm. that they can put those pieces together if they haven't heard it. Cause it's pretty incredible. Yeah. So yes. Can we share like one more kind of part of our story of us, like kind of becoming friends? Of course. Mm -hmm. I don't want to jump the timeline. Um, so you guys can help me out maybe a little bit. I think it's important also to note that we, (laughs) Allison and I did actually start cross training. Yes. I never actually said that. Yeah. We, we, we started it it in February, um, of last year. Yeah. Uh, so like after CrossCon in the January, then we started it in February of 2020. And then I started it in June. In June of that yeah, yeah okay. following year. And yeah. then yeah, go go for it. Yeah. So kind of the the rest of 2022, all three of us that summer were kind of just working through cross training. Mm-hmm. Me and Malia were a couple months into it. Uh, Hadassah was just starting it. But the fall of 2022, the three of us actually started a Bible study. And it's a much longer but beautiful story of how that all came about. But we started it last fall, so the fall of 2022. And it really was just like a step of o- obedience. We thought it was just going to be a six-week Bible study that we were going to have. Uh, we were going to hosted at Malia's house. We didn't think they would want to do it longer than six weeks. Yeah, we're like six weeks. (laughs) That's what we said. We were like, just do it. Just come for six weeks. And then that turned into about six months that we were meeting every single week. And we have continued meeting in Malia's living room. But yeah, that just looks like we come together with a group of girls on Thursday nights. And we usually cook dinner together. We'll all kind of bring ingredients cook dinner together and then sit down in the living room. And we were just kind of, we didn't have a specific study that we were following. We would just open up our Bibles and we're reading it with this amazing group of girls. In that process of doing that Bible study, the three of us and inviting other girls into that, I think really bonded us mm-hmm. um, as friends sure. in, in leading that and not even leading, but like I don't know, doing it together. Because I feel yeah. like most of those weeks when we were sitting with our Bibles in the living room, like we didn't feel like leaders. We were discovering the facilitating. word, facilitating, yeah. discovering the word alongside the other girls that were joining us. And we yeah. spent a lot of time praying and just preparing for those Thursday nights. And, and that was time that we really grew closer to each other as well. Yeah. Again, the prayer of like yeah. those mm-hmm. Tuesday nights. There, I mean, I remember one so starkly that we 
there were some things going through with our group of, of girls and, and we were like, we don't even, I think we should just pray this entire time. Mm-hmm. Like not we, plan like anything. Not even plan anything. <laughs> yep. We wanted to work from creation to, to Jesus yeah. and go through the story. And we use a, a method called uh, the discovery Bible study method, which we knew very little about. <laughs> and yeah. when we asked people, it seemed like no one knew anything about it. And now I just, we feel like we're getting resources mm-hmm. all the time yeah. about it. Yeah. And so it was kind of ironic. We feel like maybe Jesus kind of blinded our eyes so that we could <laughs> force yeah. us to like really study it for ourselves. Yeah. So those Tuesday nights, I mean, a lot of times we would get together on Tuesdays to prepare for the Thursday nights and we would open our Bible and it would be like, why are we teaching this? We don't even, we've, it's like we've never read this before. You know, <laughs> yeah, We were learning so much yeah. about it ourselves, yeah. um, which I think gets into like the grander scheme of cross-training in general. Mm-hmm. Like you think it's all about knowing a ton of stuff and giving it to other people, but it's really knowing how much you don't know and continuing to learn mm-hmm. and be humbled mm-hmm. by yeah. uh, the Lord and mm-hmm. by prayer, honestly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I want to I wanna talk a little bit more about like how you guys are involved in the community together. But before we get there, I do want to talk about cross training mm-hmm. a little bit. So can you unpack as much or as little as you would like what cross training has looked like so far? <laughs> yes. So <laughs> I, I feel like we should give a loose definition of it. Yeah. I don't know if there's an actual, actual definition of right. it, but I think a, a good definition is probably something along the lines of it is a program that is Minimum of three years, maximum of however long the Lord wants. Yeah, <laughs> um, honestly, yeah. And honestly, three years is is maybe putting them in a box too. You know, you never know. Sure. But a, a minimum of three years usually. And it's a program that equips and prepares people to be sent to be workers overseas. And it's it has discipleship involved. You're being mentored. You're being walked through. Uh, you're being connected and plugged into the church. And you're being encouraged to reach out and do outreach and, and just learn. But Really, like I knew about cross training, but I didn't know this little piece of information of like it is for people who know and feel confident or pretty confident that the Lord is leading them Mm -hmm. um, overseas. But it's also for people who aren't sure, who are Mm -hmm. like having a willingness to to be like, Lord, I'm I'm willing. I'm not sure if this is something you're asking me to do or not. And so part of the program is figuring that out, like Mm -hmm. and not alone, but with other people, with your mentor, with other people speaking into your life, um, you know, is this the way that the Lord is asking you to be involved? Is mm-hmm. it in going or is it in other ways? And so I think that's really important because I think some people just think it's only for people who know for sure that the Lord is asking mm-hmm. them to go. Mm-hmm. But it's also for people who aren't sure. Yeah. yeah. And we've, you know, been reflecting a lot now that we've reached a, a year and a year and a half of being in cross training. We've been kind of thinking, oh man, like this is how I thought it was going to be. And this is <laughs> yeah. how it actually is. Um, so, I mean, I think we could all, I can speak for us all in saying we thought cross training would be a lot of, you know, seminars and reading and writing papers about what we read and, you know, doing very like analog type work and task oriented things, knowledge based Mm -hmm. things, achievement based things. Yeah. And there is uh, there is that, you know, I don't want to paint a picture and say that there's none, but the real grit of cross training, the real I think, honestly, the real magic of what makes it work, what actually prepares you is 
it is slowly, <laughs> um, we kind of came up with a funny phrase for it, like a slogan, which is, it's really discovering the worst parts of yourself on mm. the way to the nations. Mm. <laughs> it, it, it genuinely is saying, oh God, I, I was so willing with all of my skills and my effort and my, mm. all these things. And then slowly over the time you realize, oh, I guess my effort without prayer doesn't mean anything. Mm. And my skill without willingness doesn't mean anything. And more than anything, the thing that we've found is most valued on the field and as a believer is willingness. Mm -hmm. Yes, you could be really skilled. Yes, you could be really knowledgeable. But if you're not going to pray, if you're not going to be willing, if you're not going to be open to what the Lord is doing, you are going to hit a, a wall over mm -hmm. and over and over again, and it's not going to break. Mm -hmm. And so cross training is pushing us to be disciple makers but in order to be a disciple maker, you have to be a disciple. Mm -hmm. And it's a mirror to reflect all of the ways that you are a poor disciple. And not in a shameful way, but in a way I think that, I think in a way that is why Jesus asked us to do that. You know, making disciples, it's non-negotiable. It, it is non-optional. It is in there. It's the last thing he said. That is a part of our call of every believer. Anyone who follows Jesus or says they follow Jesus we ought to be making disciples. But it's not just this idea that now that you've been saved, you have to give, 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 give. It's saying, I think part of it is saying it's for your benefit. Yeah, I want you to make mm -hmm. disciples because I want you to know me. Yep. And to know me is to know my heart for others and to receive that same heart for yourself. And to make disciples, you have to look at yourself and say, well, how am I able to ask this person to do this thing if I'm not willing to do it, right? How mm -hmm. am I supposed to, that's why he says, take the log out of your eye before you look at someone's spec. He's not saying don't ever look at someone else's spec, but he's saying, but in order to do that, I want you to do the work in mm -hmm. your own heart to look inward and let me reveal this, the log in your eye mm -hmm. so that you can be better, that you can receive the love and the grace before you see it received by someone else. So honestly, cross-training is an incredibly humbling mm -hmm. experience, less because of the papers, although those are important, and you know, <laughs> um, but because it, it kind of creates this environment where you're like, okay, let's pretend that I'm sent right now. Yeah. How am I going to live my mm -hmm. life? Because I'm not going to do something overseas that I'm not doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to suddenly be magically, you know, the plane doesn't change anything, you know? Right. And I think we, we sometimes have that idea that it will, but really your sin is just escalated and everything is revealed more. And so cross training is a beautiful experience of watching all of your sin be revealed now. <laughs> yeah. um, or at least it gives you, it teaches you how to deal with your sin when it comes mm, up yeah. or deal with your hurt when it comes up right. or deal with the negative things when they come up because they will come up and of they course. will come up worse overseas. And I think like it's a, it's an amazing experience. It's very humbling and it's very mm. raw. And mm -hmm. when it comes down to it, it's really messy. It's yeah. really, really messy. And it might look like a checklist, but it, it's genuinely way more than that. Yeah. But it is a process that I will never regret going mm. through. And I will only be grateful for Calvary and my many mentors who have pushed me towards being involved in a church and being a part of a program like this. Mm-hmm. And I think we can speak, I think I can speak for all of us that we would definitely recommend cross-training or something like cross-training for anybody who is like, who feels called to go overseas. And even for people like Allison was saying, who are just like, 
I don't necessarily like feel a specific calling, but I read I read the scriptures and I see that the mm-hmm. calling is clear for all believers mm-hmm. to go to the nations and make disciples. And I think that cross training or something like cross training would be helpful for anyone, re- whether or not you end up going to the nations or staying in America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I really think that this is a phrase that we say a lot at Calvary, but like that idea of lift sent and living mm-hmm. sent here. And I think... Mm-hmm. Um, we all are really learning that in a real way of, you know, what does it look like to live every moment here like we are sent? Because we are. We are sent to mm-hmm. where we put our feet um, each day. And, you know, for us, that sometimes looks like being faithful in the jobs that the Lord has placed us in right now. Uh, it always looks like that. It also looks like, you know, what does it look like to have a rhythm of rest and Sabbath mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. not always just like pouring out into other people? You know, what does it look like to be invested in the church? What does it look like to pursue short-term cross-cultural experiences under the leadership of people here at Calvary, you know, as they uh, direct and as the Lord directs and it truly is that idea of of living sent here to prepare you to do it somewhere else in another context one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things, Malia, that you mentioned was mentorship. Mm-hmm. And we're in the middle of a series right now on the podcast about discipleship. Mm. And so I'm curious what mentorship within the context of cross-training has meant for you and even maybe what it has looked like for you thus far. So my my mentor that I was given for cross training is Jan Morrison. Woo, woo. she's yes. amazing. And I think honestly, receiving wisdom mm. from someone who has been walking not only a life of of ministry but just a life with Jesus, I think more than anything that has been really helpful for me. That she can be realistic with me, and she can say, "Hey, is God asking you to do that?" <laughs> or are you feeling you feeling guilty to do that? Are you feeling led to do that? Or are you feeling guilty to do that? Mm. Um, and things like that. I mean, she knows what it's like to wrestle with the Lord, as does anyone who's been walking with the Lord for, for a long time. And so she has a lot of really settled wisdom that where I, I find that I get really hype myself, but hype only lasts so long. What I'm interested in is how do you sustain this Mm -hmm. how do you sustain a life with jesus how do you sustain a life overseas how do you sustain a life you know it's not always going to be exciting and so something about um mentorship with jan has been really amazing in seeing what does it look like really settled over a long period of time not every week is going to be the most mind-blowing week but Every week she's going to learn something about me and I'm going to learn something about her and we're going to learn something about the Lord together. And that is something that is immediately replicable. I can take that to the girls that I'm walking with and say, every week's, you know, not going to be amazing, but I'm going to learn something and they're going to learn something. Mm -hmm. And hopefully we both learn something about the Lord. And that's how, how Jesus did it. He walked faithfully. He ate with them. He chilled with them you know he like he he lived a very normal life with them I mean Mm. there were miracles and stuff and that was cool but like (laughs) um but he did very normal things Mm. over a very long time with them Mm -hmm. and at the end they turned around and they said who could this be if not God yeah yeah my cross-training mentor is Mary Harrop love her (laughs) 
Um, and she's she's so sweet. I love her. But the Lord has also been really, really, um, just really blessed me and given me two other amazing mentors in my life too. Uh, one of whom is actually also a life coach. So okay. that has been really helpful for me um, to have her in my life. But all those three mentors, a really big part of my relationship with them has has just been finding a person who is older and wiser, but that has a very similar mindset to me. Because um, a lot of times as a missionary kid, I sometimes I feel like I'm crazy. No one mm-hmm. else thinks the same way that mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. And I, I hate like being put into a box. Um, and so all three of those women are very much like out of the box thinkers. And it's just been really amazing to be able to kind of just like bounce ideas off of them and, and just like share my heart and my thoughts that sometimes feel just like weird or like not normal. <laughs> and they're like, no, I, that, I think the same way. I feel the same <laughs> way about that. Um, so that's been really, really sweet just to have that. But then also, of course, you know, to have like Malia was saying that the grounded um, wisdom from them as I'm sharing, you know, some of the things that I'm experiencing and some of the, I'm also a little bit more like I can get kind of like hype about things mm-hmm. or just like, I'm not like a super like grounded person all the time. So it's been very good to have mm-hmm. just their grounded wisdom um, speaking into into my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I also, like Hadassah was mentioning, have had a couple different mentors speaking into my life, uh, some through cross training and others kind of just through other ways that the Lord has provided. And I think one thing that I've been learning through those different discipleship and mentorship relationships is just the different ways it can look. Even something as simple as where do those meetings happen? Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. it happens at a coffee shop, sometimes it happens, you know, in Southern Market in the city over amazing food. You know, Sometimes it looks like on a walk. Sometimes it looks like joining them as they're visiting a refugee family. Like that looks so many different ways. And I think that's really helpful as we think about, you know, how are we discipling others? How are we mentoring others? That it doesn't have to look one Mm -hmm. certain way, even something as simple as where those meetings happen. And I think another thing is prayer. I know all of those women who are mentoring me, I can like send them a text at any time with a prayer request. And I know whether I'm sending them a specific request or not, they are going to be praying for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important, especially as we are praying for others, as we are praying for things around the world, that we also have people praying for us mm-hmm. um, is, yeah. is super important. And so it is such a gift to know that those women are not only pouring into me, but are lifting me up to the Father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that everything that each of you said is something that we've already touched on mm-hmm. so far. We've talked about how it looks different. We've talked about the aspect of prayer. We've talked about all of it. And so I just, I appreciate that. That's a part of the cross-training program that mm-hmm. we see that as valuable. I mean, it's it's valuable for all of us, but we also see it as a valuable part of preparing to go into the world. Mm-hmm. So. I do also want to go back to Allison. You were talking about living scent. Yeah. What does it look like to live scent? So I have a couple questions for you about how you're doing that right now, even as you're preparing to go sometime in the future. So the first question I have for you is, can you tell us about the S project? Yes, I can. I get really excited when I start talking about the S project and I feel like I need to put a disclaimer out there that we do not have enough time for me to talk about all the things. <laughs> yeah. And for security reasons, I can't quite share sure. everything about this project, but I love talking about it. And I would love to talk with anyone who's listening to the podcast more about it. So as I'm talking, some of the things 
is a little bit of a cliffhanger because I'd love for people to come and find me and for us to talk about it more. But yeah, so the S Project, kind of a definition of what it is. It is a Bible translation project among an unreached people group in the Middle East. So this project is in partnership with Woodcliffe Bible Translators and the group of C4, which is a group of about 400 young adults that meet weekly here at Calvary. We are supporting this project. So we are supporting it financially as well as covering it in prayer. Mm. And it's kind of a long story of how the S Project got started, but it was something the Lord was just laying on my heart. It's not like a requirement of cross training, but just something that I really felt like the Lord was asking me to do to rally my peers for us to be supporting Bible translation. For me, it's so important for people to have the Word of God. I think that's so transformational, especially to have it in their heart language. Mm-hmm. And that is something that we can be a part of here in the States through prayer and through through financially giving. But yeah, so this project is a three-year project. It started back in 2021, but we as C4 joined the project last fall, so September of 2022. So we as a group have been supporting this project for about 10 months. And yeah, I'm excited to say that we have fully funded the project. Yeah. Um, And this is all C4, all young adults, nobody else. Yeah, that's actually... conscious young adults are funding (laughs) this. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, so within the last 10 months of us supporting the project, we've nearly raised all of the necessary funds Mm -hmm. due to a a generous matching gift of some kind folks. But yeah, my whole thing has been, I really have wanted C4 to take ownership of this. And so even when I've talked about this project with other people at Calvary, I'm always inviting them to be praying alongside us for the project. But I'm always kind of like, but don't give because I really want us as C4 to Mm -hmm. be the ones taking responsibility for this. Mm -hmm. And we are the only group. There's no other groups currently financially supporting this project, but really cool. So as I mentioned, this people group, they are located in the Middle East. And at the start of this project, they had zero Bible Mm -hmm. in their language. And through this three-year project, they will be translating the Sermon on the Mount, which is Matthew 5 through 7, as well as the entire book of Luke. Wow. Yeah. So they'll hopefully, uh, Lord willing, be wrapping up those portions of the translation at the end of 2024. But we as a group are kind of committed to continue to be lifting up this project in prayer. I could, I could talk for hours about specifics about the project and the local individual who's actually doing the translation. Mm. Um, but due to time, I, I'll, I'll kind of leave it there. <laughs> sure, sure. But that, I mean, how exciting. And I know that like you purposefully didn't talk about it a whole lot with the church at mm. large, because mm-hmm. like you said, you wanted C4 to step up and fund this. But how cool that this is something that's happening right here at Calvary yeah. Church. Mm-hmm. And there is just something so cool happening with the young adults. Yeah, yeah. he is like, yeah, I've, I say it a lot. Like he is doing something really cool among the young adults uh, here at Calvary. And with this project, like the Lord is doing incredible things in this people group in the Middle East mm-hmm. through this project. And prayers are being answered. But also this project is allowing the young adults here to be mobilized, Mm -hmm. to uh, be praying for the world, praying for things that we may never see the answer to. Like, Monica, like we don't even know, like, 
we don't know how our prayers are being answered, but what a cool way for us to partner with God that like, even if it's not something that we're going to see an immediate answer to, that we stay faithful and persistent to be lifting the, these uh, requests up on the behalf of this people group. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you guys can like chime in, but it is honestly incredible what is happening among the young adults here at Calvary. Yeah. I'll, I'll chime in just to hype Allison up in, in a <laughs> oh, way no. she wouldn't do for herself. <laughs> but I think it's amazing to see that, Allison, your what started as your prayer yeah. has led to 400 young adults praying yeah. and, and many more. And I think like... If anyone is listening to this thinking, well, I have this, I have this thing on my heart, but I don't know, Calvary's not really involved in that country or it doesn't matter. Like you pursuing that one dream and that one prayer and following your personal obedient walk towards the Lord and what he was putting on your heart has led to potentially the mobilization of 400 young adults in one building (laughs) and we had a prayer night that Allison beautifully facilitated a couple weeks ago among the young adults to pray for not just the S project but a a couple of kind of similar countries in the region Mm. and it was amazing to see all of the young adults just coming together grouped off to pray Mm. over these countries in the Middle East it was it was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Because I can say I'm not like a natural born leader. And when I kind of started this project, that's not what I like had in mind. But you're right. Like it started with this idea, like I was personally supporting Bible translation. Mm -hmm. And then the Lord kind of like laid on my heart to invite others into it. Mm -hmm. And like, Little did I know that that meant speaking in front of 400 of my peers. Like, (laughs) I do not like public speaking. But now it's like, I do it on the regular to be talking about this project. So it's been really cool to see how the Lord has, like, been growing me through this. Mm -hmm. And I honestly can say it's all because of him because I'm not naturally that person. But the passion he has placed in me for this project and Mm -hmm. just for what he's doing among the nations and the role that we have to play and the excitement that I get for rallying others, like, that has then, like, Mm -hmm. prompted me to do things that were way outside of my comfort zone (laughs) and now bring me so much joy to be a part of. Ah, that is so exciting. Thank you for sharing. I'll ask you for prayer requests at the end, but that's also something that people can be praying for with you guys as you look towards that project being completed at the end of 2024. Yeah, yeah. And if people want to find out more, there's actually a website that you can go to um, on Woodcliffe's website to get a little bit more information um, about the project. Oh, cool. Um, So I can, yeah. You can give me that link Mm -hmm. and I can post it. Perfect. Awesome. So I also know that you have another local outreach that you have started together. Can you talk a little bit about that and what it looks like? Yes. So when I moved to Lancaster, I was coming here and I knew, you know, obviously God wanted me to get involved in a a church, get involved in a program to send me. But he also wanted me, like Allison was saying, to live sent here. And I was asking him, you know, what, what do you want? that to look like. Mm -hmm. And he said, basically, I want you to invite anyone you meet into your home Mm -hmm. and make a community out of it and welcome people and see what I do with it. So essentially, I had kind of been doing this, the the act of inviting people into my house and kind of making food and, you know, doing a simple meal that everyone could bring an ingredient to. I had started doing this in college, but it was just mostly, you know, it was mostly believers. And when I moved here, it was like, okay, day one, invite anybody. So I moved into my now house December 3rd of 2021, I guess. And I 
had our first, you know, kind of gathering December 7th. So I didn't have any plates. I didn't have, I literally, I literally that day went and got a table because I didn't have anything. Were you unpacked? I was not, I definitely not unpacked. I had suitcases in my room. Like I was was like straight up, like I had nothing, but I I wanted to get people in the door. So I called it a housewarming party. And then at the end, like 50 people came because I, I had invited literally, when I tell you, Monica, I invited everyone. I invited my baristas. I invited people from the street. I invited my coworkers. I invited anybody. Amazing. Anybody. And I had kind of packaged, oh, come to my house where I'm, I'm, I moved in. Like you should come to my house where don't bring a gift. Just come. We're going to eat, you know, really simple food. If you want to bring like this ingredient, you can. And like 50 people had come in and like, we're recycling through then not, you know, it was got really crowded at one point, but, but then at, at, towards the end of that, I kept telling people, okay, well come back in two weeks. And they were like, what? And then because nobody has a housewarming party every two weeks. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, but I was like, no, like, I want to make this a thing. I want to, like, you know, do it. And they were like, you probably should get some plates. <laughs> so I went to the thrift store and I got some plates. Um, but uh, essentially, we've been doing that every other week at my house for a year and a half now. And what's been really cool is, you know, I still invite whoever I run into on the street. I mean, when I tell you I literally invite people from the street, I really yep. do. <laughs> we, we have seen it. <laughs> yep. We have met them. One of my favorite times was when our mailman came because no we, put a, we put a sign on the door and says, you're at the right place. Come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, because a lot of people were like, am I right? And, you know, for a while, people were like concerned that they were going to walk into someone's random house because right. it's so loud inside you can't hear if someone's knocking. So we put a sign on the door. And after a couple months of our mailman seeing the sign, he was like, hey, like, can I come? <laughs> and I always see people going in here like, can I come? And we were like, of course you can come. So he came one time. I mean, it's really fun. So what's what's kind of amazing about it is it's totally the Lord. And it's it's become this kind of community. The hope and the heart of it is that people who would, you know, never find themselves in a church, um, not, not even close, could engage the gospel in a community environment. Hmm. Uh, it's a safe place. It's it's not like a spiritual thing. You know, we don't, you know, some people joke that it's a cult, but you know, <laughs> we can let them think that or whatnot. Um, but it's become this really beautiful community. People have found jobs through the community. People have found roommates. People have found, you know, all kinds of things, hmm. uh, friends. And, and now, you know, what was 50 random strangers who they the the question for a long time was well h- who invited you like how did you get here who do you know here and almost everyone would be like i don't know anyone here. <laughs> you know i know her you know she invited me or, or now it's not even me it's other people i walk in sometimes i'm like who are you and they're like well you know so and so invited me i'm like okay cool and then I, they never find out that I live there. You know, they, oh they come, they leave. And, and weeks later, I, they, they're like, who lives here? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I live here. Um, but really what, what's been amazing is to see that over time, people starting to seek just because they are like, what is happening here? There's no alcohol. There's no, but everyone's safe and kind and opening and mm. welcoming and, you know, and just like wants to hear mm-hmm. about my life. Mm-hmm. And so the 50 random strangers have become a really knit group of of people who show up every other week and bring ingredients. And I only bought ingredients the very first time 
I have not paid for ingredients since. I, I buy like, you know, if we have coffee, I'll get like creamer or something. But it's been really cool to see how people have jumped in. Even people who, you know, do not follow Jesus are like so eager to contribute to it. They invite their friends, you know, wow. like they're like, you have to come to this thing, you know. And they just see something different about it. And uh, and that's been really awesome. And, the you know, I said the goal was it, it's a safe space. But maybe even beyond that, the goal is really one-on-one discipleship. Mm like mm-hmm. really intentional. There have been girls from our uh, Bible study who started off just coming to the gathering and they saw a community that they wanted to be a part of and they saw something different and they started asking questions. And there are a lot of conversations that come up, a lot of spiritual conversations, just you know, by the nature of who we have. We have someone from every major religion there. We have yeah. people from every marginalized group. Like it, it's kind of incredible the reach of just the random, I mean, if you walked in, you would just be like, you would never know. Mm -hmm. But if you start to talk with them, you're like, wow, society says we don't belong in the same room, Mm -hmm. but here we are Mm -hmm. all eating together. And people have found, I think a lot of beauty in that. Mm -hmm. And it's very new. Mm -hmm. And Allison and Hadassah have been a huge part of that. I would say probably for the past year, definitely. So I don't know what, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I think it's it's very much a group effort. Like Malia is not necessarily hosting. She for sure is not entertaining. It is like it is <laughs> <laughs> No one's been Sometimes she's not even there. Right. I, I have <laughs> not been there several times. Oh my god. It's it's very, it still happens in my house. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's very much a group effort. Like people will come early and like help clean. People that are coming are bringing ingredients. The food is made together. The forks, even we keep them in the drawer. (laughs) Most weeks we like keep it in the drawer so that people have to ask someone, okay, wait, where are the forks? Where are the cups? And then go and get it themselves. And then they they feel like they're at home. Um, And that, yeah, that it's just very much a group effort. Like, I feel like it's collective, like hosting, mm, like sure. people bringing things, people inviting other people. What's yeah. really fun is watching a regular who is not a believer be the one to describe how it works to a new person. Mm. Oh, you're new. Oh, okay, well, this is how it works. Okay, fork, stay in the drawer. Here you go. Here's where that is. <laughs> you can drink the tap water. You know, like, here's where the food comes out. We usually sit in here. We usually play games in here. You know, like, they're describe. They feel an ownership over mm-hmm. the space. Yeah. And that's, like, that, you know, Allison, you mentioned the entertaining versus hosting. We really try and make it a, a, a space where everyone who walks in the door feels like it's their house. You know, mm-hmm. they can come in. They don't ask questions. You know, you can just kind of do whatever. Like, if you're hungry, people go in my fridge and they just start eating. And, you know, it's like, okay, that was my roommate's. Okay, well, I want to place that, you know. Um, but it, it truly has become just this this safe space for people. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. What has it looked like for the two of you to kind of jump in and kind of just, like, be a part of it? Yeah, I, I started coming, I think, at the beginning of last year. I think, actually, my sister, Emma, again, <laughs> she she invited me to go with her. Okay. And so I went and so I honestly, I started going just as a way to find community, which is which is why a lot of people mm-hmm. um, start coming. You know, they're invited and then they, they find this amazing, beautiful community and they keep coming back every other every other week. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how I started coming. And it was just a lot of fun. And it was honestly one of the ways that I started to build a community here in Lancaster Mm -hmm. because I was saying before I had never really had a community in Lancaster and coming to Calvary Church was a great way to build that community but then coming to this was like another way to like get to know these people even more Mm -hmm. um, in a non-church environment and yeah I started coming and just honestly 
yeah, to have fun and to meet people. Um, and then it was, I think, towards the end of last year when I, I decided I, I wanted to kind of like change my perspective and kind of invest a little bit more into it and start to view it as more of a as a ministry opportunity rather than just a, a social gathering. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I started showing up early and helping with the preparation and like the cleaning beforehand and the prayer beforehand and stuff. And I have just, since then, I have just had more of a mindset of like, I'm here to welcome people. Mm. Um, I'm here to make people feel safe and to hopefully have, you know, spiritual conversations with people um, that are coming in. And uh, and like Malia was saying, like the end goal is discipleship, one-on-one discipleship. And so, yeah, that's something that I have been praying into. Yeah. Yeah. What an awesome way for you to be living out your faith right now. And also who knows how the Lord is going to use both the S project and then Mm -hmm. also this community and the experiences that you have when you, Lord willing, one day go overseas. That'll be really Mm -hmm. cool to see. As far as cross training goes, how long do you anticipate being in the program? And Emilia, you said earlier, we don't want to put it in a box, but for for you guys, how long do you anticipate being in it? And then what are your long-term and short-term goals? Yeah. As I was kind of thinking through this question, as we mentioned, we're about a year, year and a half into it and currently are in level one. But kind of as you progress through cross-training, the timeline is less and less dependent on us and more and more dependent on God. Mm-hmm. Um, in the beginning, well, throughout the entire process, there's requirements that are a part of cross-training. But for sure in the beginning, a lot of them are ones that are very self-paced, you know, mm-hmm as we were mentioning earlier about books or, you know, different service opportunities. It's very much, you know, you're setting the pace. But as you continue on um, into kind of the next stage uh, that we'll be entering soon is starting to think through, okay, where and what and with whom is the Lord leading us to? Mm -hmm. And that you know, could come really fast if the Lord brings a lot of clarity, but that could also take time. And then kind of that final part of those final preparations and fundraising, like that is in the Lord's hands, you know, mm-hmm. again. So like, I think it's interesting as you progress through the program that yes, God, his timing is through the whole thing. And yes, our uh, willingness and, you know, doing the next thing is a part of it, but it's really interesting, like as you continue on. And so I think I can speak for all three of us of like, as we kind of continue forward and cross training, it's, you know, we, we don't want to put God in a box, um, but we want, we want to hold that loosely and be praying into what the Lord is leading us into. Uh, and I know all three of us would love to just be uh, overseas, you know, tomorrow, mm-hmm. but really wanting to be obedient in that timeline that he has for each one of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at this point, I know you're only in level one. Do you have any kind of sense of where the Lord might be calling you? Yeah. So I think for me over the past maybe like year, year and a half, the Lord has really been just breaking my heart for refugees. Mm. Uh, I think it's really cool that he called me to stay here in Lancaster. And Lancaster is like, I'm not sure the exact statistics, but it's like one of the most welcoming cities in America for refugees and has a very, very big big refugee population here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I have a couple different um, refugees and refugee families that I've been getting to know um, over the past year and just local refugee ministries I've been a part of as well. And yeah, just all of those things have really been just growing a heart in me for refugees. So that is um, something that I'm definitely pursuing and I could definitely see myself 
I, I'm, I'm an artist and I'm really passionate about art. And I could definitely see myself using something with art, maybe like art therapy or something and work working with refugees. And obviously there is refugees all over the world. Right. Um, and so there's definitely specific countries that have large refugee populations. So definitely thinking about what countries those are and praying into that. Um, but yeah, refugees are definitely very much on my heart. So for, I mean, I had come here from the Middle East and so I kind of had an idea and even growing up, um, my brother had lived there for over a decade and I guess my the beginning of my whole story kind of starts with him and, and being with their family over there. And so I kind of always knew that that was kind of where I was going, mm. but definitely in the past year and a half and being in cross training uh, it has been way more clear than ever like I definitely know that I'm going to the Middle East but of course that that's a large margin and then as Allison and I started kind of like walking together in the cross training we were like oh like we should consider maybe being sent as a team mm-hmm. and going together so yeah I've um actually had the privilege to be in a couple different places in the world through various opportunities that the Lord has brought. And yeah, from my times in Eastern Asia and Africa and Europe and the Middle East, right now I feel that the Lord is also leading me uh, somewhere in the Middle East. And yeah, as Malia uh, was mentioning, we're for sure exploring that potential avenue of how the Lord might use our giftings together uh, Mm -hmm. to be sent together somewhere in the Middle East, but also like many things, holding that with open hands and mm-hmm. and asking the Lord to give us individually clarity and discernment as we take steps forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, this has been a joy. So I have one final question for you, and that is, I would love to just know how people can be praying for you as we seek to extend the gospel to others here and around the globe, whether that means going, sending, or giving. So I would invite everyone to be joining us and praying for those that we are discipling and those that we have the opportunity to have an impact on, those that are um, around us in Lancaster, those that we're discipling, both believers and those who are yet to be believers, who are yet to be followers of Christ. And so would invite everyone to be joining us and praying into those relationships for wisdom and guidance, um, and that the Lord would just be bringing people across our paths who are seeking and that we can be pouring into and pointing them to Jesus. And the other would be that the Lord would be raising up disciple makers from here at Calvary, from Mm. among the young adults, but actually just like the whole church at large. Um, Like our prayer would be that every person who's a part of Calvary Church is discipling someone wherever they're at, whether that is in the church, but especially if it's outside of the church. Mm -hmm. All three of us just have benefited so much in seeing how the Lord uses discipleship um, in our own lives and in the lives of others. And as we were mentioning earlier, you know, that's what Christ commands us to do, to be disciples that are making disciples. And so we would love for people to join us in praying into that, that many others would be stepping up to be discipling others. I think the default in the church in America or maybe just the church globally is, especially in the West, is like those who go are like really, really eager. And like those who go are like the, ah, like we're going to go <laughs> kind of thing. And the default is to stay. But we're really praying for a wave of people and, and a turning of the mindset that the default is actually we should all be going somewhere. Mm. We should all be making disciples. Now the question of how and where can differ but 
we are all called to make disciples. So would the default be go and be willing to stay Mm. so that when you do stay, if you do stay, you stay well, you stay Mm. sent. And so we're praying for a mobilization of young adults like David Harrop always tells us, you know, to be intentional with our time here because we won't be here forever. But when we go, take a hundred people with you is Mm. what he always Mm -hmm. says. So what does it look like for us to see a wave of mobilization among the young adults praying for the S project or praying in our young adult group that meets before C4? What does it look like for people who are retiring to ask the question, be willing and brave and humble to ask the question of the Lord. Do you want me to go? You know, like, Mm. I mean, at any point, people with kids, people who have jobs and are about to get tenured, like no matter where you are in your life, I think it's, it makes sense and it's logical to ask young adults, oh, well, you know, you have nothing to lose yet. (laughs) Like, why not start your life with this? But I've been really humbled and I've learned a lot from uh, those who have gone and then say you get kicked out of where you are or say you come back. I've heard so many stories recently of, of those same people who have already made the choice to go, make a choice to go again, go to a new place, Mm -hmm. go to a new language, a new people, a new culture. And to ask the Lord, you know, them of all people should say, well, I really did my service. You know, (laughs) I I can come home now or whatever home means for you, I guess at that point, Mm -hmm. but they're still willing to say, but do you want me to go? somewhere else. Um, that's been really humbling for me because I recognize that wherever we go, that's not maybe where we'll land forever. And am I willing to always ask that question of like, Lord, am I willing to go here? Where do you want me to go? Am I willing to do whatever you, you ask? And so we're really praying for that, a move of all of Calvary to be asking that question. Cause we're just normal people, you know, <laughs> I, I, I might be super extroverted, but I, I, I'm, you know, like, we're very normal people doing very normal things. Mm-hmm. Um, we are just asking people to come with us. Yeah. And we've benefited from normal people allowing us to come with them. And so what does it look like as a church to be normal, but to live sent mm-hmm. in our normal lives? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the last thing that we really want to invite people to pray alongside us for is just for the nations, because we can talk about going and we can talk about mobilizing people all day and we can talk about all the things that that we're going to do someday, you know, when we're overseas living among the nations. But is anything really going to change and happen mm-hmm. unless if the Lord is mm-hmm. there and unless if we've covered it in prayer and asked mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. what he wants us to do and asked him to work? And so, yeah, just praying that the Lord would be softening hearts and breaking up the soil before, you know, before people are sent out, before mm. people get to these countries and these people groups. And as we were talking, I mean, as we've been talking and praying for the nation specifically has been such a big through line, mm. I think, in our stories of meeting each other and in our stories of just joining cross training and going down this path. It all started with the the prayer group for Afghanistan. And so mm, yeah. I just think that's I think that's really cool. And it shows how powerful prayer is and just the really cool ways that God works through prayer in unexpected ways. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Allison and her and the other girls didn't start that prayer group with the intention of meeting, you know, other girls who were also passionate about the nations and yeah. mobilizing other people to join cross training. But that's what the Lord used it to do. And mm-hmm. I mean, he used it in lots of other ways that we'll never know. But I think it just shows how how powerful and how important prayer is. Um, and so, yeah, just praying, praying for the nations. Yeah. yeah. 
And it's been really cool if I can just interject something as you were talking about the Tuesday night prayer group. One of the things that we're praying about is that more would be sent. A week does not go by that in that prayer group, the prayer of, you know, praying to the Lord of the harvest that he he would send out workers, you know, send out laborers into the field. That prayer gets prayed over every single Tuesday Mm. by different individuals. And one thing we're very aware of is, you know, the Lord sometimes uses us. Mm, Sometimes he uses us to be the answer to that prayer. And I think we are starting to see that. And what a privilege uh, and humbling experience it is to be praying for those things, but also asking, Lord, you know, what part do we have to play in this? It's, I mean, we keep coming back to the prayer group because it's been so transformational in our lives but it's also a really good example of just watching the lord do what he loves to do Mm -hmm. and by the time we get to august of this year if you go back a year within that year almost every single young adult who is a regular attender of that group which is about 20 almost every single one of us will have gone and been sent within the year that's unbelievable It's kind of a crazy statistic, (laughs) whether it's short term (laughs) trips or whether it's, you know, like outreach, it's all of us have gone in one capacity or other this past year. And that is a mark of the Lord Mm -hmm. and a mark of prayer. Mm -hmm. And kudos to the Wednesday night prayer group that meets because they're incredible. And we... You know, a few of us have had the privilege of, of going, I mean, we can go every week, I guess, but <laughs> um, going and sharing yeah. about what's going on in, in our lives and our outreach. And mm-hmm. they faithfully pray. They actually provide ingredients sometimes for no the gathering that we have. And they have been such a encouragement, mm-hmm. not only to us as they're praying for us, but as an encouragement of what it looks like to pray and many 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 people in that room have been sent for very very long time Mm -hmm. um they are a mark of actually what global ministry is Mm. it's it's not necessarily a knowledge movement it's a prayer movement Mm -hmm. and the work of prayer shouldn't be outsourced to those who are here to pray for those who are sent nor should the work of outreach be outsourced to those who are sent here you know Mm -hmm. versus those who are not and i think prayer is the real work and it changes us it changes other things and i think it's the presence of the lord Mm -hmm. you know being able to dwell in that and Mm -hmm. pray for other people and lift up what's going on in the world it's a huge privilege Mm -hmm. yes well i'm encouraged just listening to you share everything that god is doing in your lives in the lives of young adults and in calvary church so Thank you for taking time. I know you're all busy and you have a lot going on, but thank you for taking time out of your schedule to share with us so that we can also see God's hand at work and celebrate that and be praying alongside of you because we're all a part of it, as you said. So thanks for letting us enter into that with you and it'll be exciting to see where the Lord leads. Thank you so much, Yeah, Monica. thank you for, for having, having us. us. Yeah. Ooh, sink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> More than anything, I hope you were encouraged today to pray. Pray for those around you, pray for the nations, and pray for that thing on your heart that feels impossible. Because just look at how God answered when Allison, Malia, and Hadassah started praying. Speaking of prayer, a brand new volume of the Global Ministries Prayer Guide is now available, so be sure to pick one up in the lobby next time you're at church. 
If you want to read more about the S Project, we've linked the article referenced in this episode in the show notes. Just click on this episode in your app or browser and scroll down to the description. As always, don't forget to subscribe to Pursuing Life so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. Thanks so much for tuning in and have a great week.